So is anyone else a little bit worried about World War III? I mean, if so, then maybe this episode is for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new season of Forward. Um, I started this podcast in 2020, but life got uh, pretty crazy that year, I think, as it did for pretty much everyone. Um, as for me, personally, I, I, a lot has happened since starting this podcast way back then. Um, lots of life changes, all of them you know, mostly good. Uh, the biggest and I think most important uh, is the addition of two children to our family. So when I, I started this podcast, we were a family of five, my wife and I and our three kids, uh, to now five children. So that's a, a, a family of seven. It's, it's, it's quite a lot. And um, having a family in this day and age, it seems, takes uh, a fair degree of Faith, right? Faith in <laughs> faith in a lot of things, but uh, mostly I think faith in the future, because I don't I don't think you can effectively raise kids if you if you don't believe in the future. And to be perfectly honest, there was a time where I really struggled to have any kind of faith, faith in institutions faith in the day-to-day -day stuff, faith in the work that I was doing, and faith in the future as a whole. I mean, the world, generally speaking, um, lately has felt pretty dark, doesn't it? I talked to a lot of people uh, in the field of, of mental health and suicide prevention, um, and the rates of depression, anxiety, and suicide ideation have just absolutely skyrocketed since 2020. Um, and I, I, I know that just by the evidence I've seen, but also I think we all know that anecdotally. We know people who are struggling. I mean, I get messages all the time from people who are who are close to me, people whom I've always regarded as as very strong and faithful people. And and they too are just feeling this overwhelming sense of depression and apathy. And there just seems to be this growing feeling of, of hopelessness, uh, a growing sense of, I guess, decline. Uh, and with that, I guess, there, there comes a sense of anxiety, a sense of, a sense of fear, fear for the future, fear to simply live. Uh, over the past three years, one of the lessons that really struck me the hardest is that fear is the greater pandemic. And we could argue about the pandemic as a whole. Uh, I wrote an article a while ago about how I had given up on the hysteria 
of the pandemic. Um, but I think principally I gave up on it because of the fear and what that fear was doing to people. Because if you give up your faith and you, you trade it in for fear, then I think by default, you're surrendering hope. And if you don't have hope, then why bother doing anything at all? Why bother building, creating, dreaming about the future, right? If you don't have hope. But if you hold on to faith in God and you move forward as best you can, then hope and meaning, true meaning in life, will, will manifest itself. And I think I learned that I learned that lesson during the pandemic, but but from an old source, um, an unexpected source. I learned it from C.S. Lewis. Now, C.S. Lewis was a, a British writer, and, and you probably recognize his name uh, for the Chronicles of Narnia. That's that's how I became acquainted with him. And at what was I guess what you would what he would consider, you know, while he was alive at the height of his career. But, you know, really his his works have had such longevity that it's hard to kind of pinpoint when the height of his career was. But for him personally, at the height of his own career uh, in, in the 1940s, 1950s, uh, many people were living in fear of all out nuclear war. Right? Because this was the after the, the atomic bomb was developed and then people had uh, a lot of, uh, I guess, justifiable, but also uh, paranoid visions of what the atomic age was. I remember my dad told me that one of his biggest fears in life was uh, this movie about radioactive ants. It's called Them. Um, but that's that's the show that scared him the most when he was a kid. Um, but a lot of people had really justifiable fears about other countries, particularly the Soviet Union uh, and the United States, going to all-out nuclear war. And uh, adults were scared to leave their homes. Um, children were taught what, what we now see as pretty ridiculous duck-and-cover drills in school. Um, as though going under your table would save you from an atomic bomb blast, right? New political alliances were, were forged and created um, with nuclear powers. And the phrase mutually assured destruction became an international creed, right? If everybody had nuclear weapons, then nobody would go to war because it was, a, it was basically this idea that once somebody presses that button, everybody is mutually assured to be destroyed. And it was during this time, a, a time of, of fear and paranoia that C.S. Lewis wrote an essay that would be considered, well, you could call it prophetic. Um, I think that's, I think that's, I think that's a really strong word. It's not necessarily a prophecy, it's applicable. You can look at it and you can be like, this really applies to what we're going through right here. So it was certainly inspiring, but but even that word, I don't think quite does it justice. Uh, the name of the essay comes from, well, I, I, I pulled it from this book called Present Concerns. Uh, the name of the essay is called 
on living in an atomic age. And it just seems particularly relevant to our day and age. Uh, now, there's a selection of it that I'm going to share with you here. One of my friends, he recorded a reading of it, uh, and I'll play that for you right now. I actually put some music in, and, and video to that. If you're, if you're watching this, you could watch it. But as you, as you listen to this, I want you to consider this, this question, which I, I've seen attached to this. I've seen it all over the place. People will attach this question to this passage. And the question is, how will the bomb find you and then i'll just add that when when he's talking about the atomic bomb that's also a metaphor for anything else that you or i might be afraid of so again think of it with the question how will the bomb find you in one way we think a great deal too much of the atomic bomb. How are we to live in an atomic age? I'm tempted to reply, why, as you would have lived in the 16th century when the plague visited London almost every year, or as you would have lived in a Viking age when raiders from Scandinavia might land and cut your throat any night. Or, indeed, as you are already living in an age of cancer, an age of syphilis, an age of paralysis, an age of air raids, an age of railway accidents, and an age of motor accidents. In other words, do not let us begin by exaggerating the novelty of our situation. Believe me, dear sir or madam, you and all whom you love were already sentenced to death before the atomic bomb was invented. And quite a high percentage of us were going to die in unpleasant ways. It is perfectly ridiculous to go about whimpering and drawing long faces because the scientists have added one more chance of painful and premature death to a world which already bristled with such chances and in which death itself was not a chance at all but a certainty. This is the first point to be made. And the first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together. If we are all going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb, let that bomb, when it comes, find us doing sensible and human things. Praying. Working. Teaching. Reading. Listening to music. Bathing the children. Playing tennis chatting to our friends over a pint in a game of darts, not huddled together like frightened sheep and thinking about bombs. They may break our bodies. A microbe can do that. But they need not dominate our minds. C.S. Lewis I really like that quote. And I've thought about it a lot these past three years. I really became acquainted with it actually in 2021. And as I begin this brand new season of Forward, I, I want you to think about those words from C.S. Lewis. Pull yourself together, as he would say. He said it to me too, with that quote. I'm not just calling you out. 
but have faith in the future and move forward because there is hope, right? We've made it through the weird year of 2020. We've made it through the atomic age in the 1940s and 50s. We've made it through some very dark things. So there is hope for the future. Now, at the very, very end of this episode and every episode going forward, you'll hear the voice of a little girl at the very end of the credits, basically. That voice is the voice of my daughter, Shannon, when she was about three years old. Um, I was speaking at a suicide prevention event in Arizona, and it was at a, at a baseball stadium um, where they do the spring training, basically. And uh, the stadium was filled to people, or at least to me, it looked like it was filled with people. And I was very, very, very nervous. Um, uh, to be honest, I was a little sick to my stomach, <laughs> um, shaking. It was a lot of people. Um, and while I was speaking, kind of losing my, my, my courage, um, I heard my daughter's voice. In the crowd of people, I could hear my daughter's voice. Um, now, my wife hadn't prompted her to say anything. This was totally unprompted. This was my daughter speaking from her heart. <laughs> Very sweet girl speaking from her heart as a three-year-old. She could see me out there on the baseball field. Um, and I heard her shout out. And she shouted it several times. But my wife recorded it. She was recording me and she recorded my daughter. And my daughter shouted out, you can do it, Dada, while I was speaking about suicide prevention. Um, and everyone could hear that. Everyone could hear my daughter saying that to me. Um, and I, I think about that experience a lot. You know, here's my daughter. She is a, a literal and metaphorical representation of the future. She is the future. And she represents the future in a lot of ways. It's this little child. And she's looking out at me, a person who is in large measure responsible for her future and for the future of the community in which we live. And she's encouraging me and telling me, you can do it, Dada. And, and every time I, I, I sort of lose faith in the world and everything else, I forget that my daughter had said that. But then when I start to move forward in life, I remember that experience. It comes back to me clear as day. Every time I know that I'm moving forward, I'll remember that. It just comes to my mind. My three-year-old daughter telling me, you can do it, Dada. And so I'm going to include it uh, at the end of this episode and all episodes going forward. And it's and it's it speaks to me. It's a tag for me. But it's also meant to speak to you. I mean, you might not be a dad, um, but you are a person who is responsible for building your future and building the future as the whole, as a whole you have a part to play and you can do it we can do it 
And as we do that, that adds to the hope for the future. And so I ask you to have faith and move forward. You can do it. Anyway, thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.